and eat some wind dried puffin. <laughs> <laughs> that was a thing that happened. Remember, there was a child eating oh wind dried puffin nuggets, and I was just like, "I want to go here." What's going I on? can't believe you want to go there. It, it, it's beautiful. Visit. It's beautiful. Yes, but the fact, like, I wonder if the entire time he was just like. Stay. Yeah, I need to move. Where where were they living too? They were living somewhere. Yeah, in Michigan, I think. Oh, Grand okay. Rapids. Mm. He also okay. said, like, you know, Lake Michigan's pretty big, but it's nothing like this. The ocean. The ocean, and you're on an island. Like you don't even yeah. you don't even have the concept of having like extraordinary landmass behind you. You know that you're like oh. just bobbing around out there. So I obviously did some extra research because I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I want to go on vacation here. So they have subsea tunnels. That's how they connect yeah. them. <clears throat> so, you but to- they're new, and so much so that people on the different uh, ch- islands don't, don't speak, speak the same them. dialect, which is crazy. Yeah, they don't understand each other, even though they see. But here's the great things about those subsea tunnels: you have to pay to go through the tunnels. Sure, it's like the channel. Yep. How do you think you pay? To go to that, through that um, clover leaves. Puffins. Puffins. No, you go to the next gas station and pay for it. So you enter the tunnel, exit the tunnel, then honor system. You just stop. <laughs> what if there's like 100 people on the island? If, they, if you didn't pay, they, they'd they find out. The yeah. one, the one copper. If they could speak the same language, which they don't, so don't worry about it. Yeah. Wow. Oh my God. Hi. Welcome to Categorical Oracle, the podcast where we pit our organizational skills against the disorder of the modern world. I am Mary Johnston, and with me are fellow oracles. And Drew Crawford. And Kelly Connedy. Woo! Woo! Every, yeah! Yeah! Every episode, <laughs> we are challenged to organize a themed list of people, places, or things using carefully crafted categories. We've conducted our category prep cloistered away from one another and come prepared to delight, shock, and dominate our fellow oracles with our organizational prowess. Let's begin. Let's do that. Yeah. Okay. Sounds All great. Right. So, anyone excited about the Askers? I am now. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so, like... you had asked me earlier today. Yeah. No. But, so, I, I've only honestly looked at the um, the best picture nominations, and I've seen, like, three of them, which makes me feel sort of bad. I should be more engaged with... Uh... Uh, you know, here's the thing. Don't, don't feel bad, because, like, the, come on, the Oscars aren't really, like, a controversial opinion. Oscars aren't really a thing about awarding, necessarily. They like, kind of are the... They're sort of the Subaru level. Yeah. Like they, it's, like, fancy, know. but not super fancy. I mean, like, a lot has been said in the past You can still have, like, a it. French fry Yeah. in a Subaru. <laughs> And in all honesty, like based on how the past has gone, anything that wins this year will probably be completely culturally relevant in two years. So, case in point, The Artist. Remember that movie that was so important? Wow. Yeah. Think about that. Man, that was not long ago. It was not and long that ago. Probably, yeah. And that probably was like one of the better ones, to be honest with you. Like did one of the more interesting things. Yeah. yeah. Has a memorable gimmick. I at least remember what the gimmick was. Hey, guys, remember when Gladiator was <laughs> won an Oscar? Did oh win God. an Oscar for something. Oh, uh, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Who... So remember, this, guys, remember when, never, what if I just later. start making them? <laughs> just like start making things. Wait, up. You guys remember when Johnny Knoxville got that Oscar? <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys remember when Ace Ventura, <laughs> Pet Detective, swept. swept the Oscar? Oh man, the Barney the Dinosaur year? Wow. wow. What a shocker. Uh, oh wait, my Barney, God. I think Barney the Dinosaur ever did a film that was released in theaters. Uh, that'd be an well. Emmy. Or not an Emmy, a uh, Golden Globe. That's right. <laughs> true, true. That's right. Sorry. That's right. Maybe a Grammy. Who knows? Also, you know right. that. Also, you know that Lamb Chop would he have broken her pearls and made Barney <laughs> slip down those stairs, so he couldn't win. 
<laughs> Sherry Shepard is shady. Mm. So the topic this week is awkward Oscar moments because a lot of weird stuff has happened during the Oscars and I don't remember any of it. Yes. I, yeah. <laughs> so we did a little bit of a primer and uh, it led to me having some some kind of philosophical thoughts about the place we stand in society and also how backward Hollywood is for mm. like in like multiple ways. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, we'll get into it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get into it. Yeah. So the first one, the first moment we have, goes all the way back to 1969. Um, Jerry Lewis was hosting for the third time. It was his third year, and it was his last year. And people have have speculated it's because for the first time ever, and the last time since, the Oscars ran 20 minutes short. Yeah. So they had this slot. And it all wrapped up. Everybody gave apparently very concise, beautifully written speeches. Um, nobody was a mess. Nobody yelled at anybody to give them more time. Yep. Everything went according to plan, so much so that they finished early. And Jerry Lewis they was, had a quick walk up the aisle. <laughs> they just wheeled. Everybody jogged. Everybody, everybody was wearing sensible shoes. They were ready to go. Everyone, in, in the 60s too, my God. Everyone yeah. had their white kids tied firmly to their feet and they were ready to go. Their tennis shoes were on. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh yeah, that was the year that uh, Ked sponsored, so everybody was wearing it. Right, right, right. So in your bag, in your bag, in your bag, next to your and this is also 1969. So next to your quaaludes were some white cats. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, and so he was forced to ad lib for 20 minutes while they every, and it was pretty much the end of the show. So like basically, he was like forced to provide entertainment that could be shown to somebody, presumably while everybody left. Yes. Which is sort of like a definitely a, a um, Captain Nemo going down with the ship kind of moment. Yeah, <laughs> they're like just keep going. So what did he do? He um, kind of did sort of a, a little bit more of a heartfelt thing where he was starting to talk about how you know what an honor it is to be a performer. Yada yada yada. Yeah. And then he starts cracking up in the middle of it, and he's and he says like if you watch the. Um, Broadcast, which we'll post yeah. uh, on our website. We'll have some links up so that you can see all these moments that are visual at the very least. He cracks up and says um, about a former comedy partner, you know, Dean Martin. Yeah. Him, <laughs> that guy. That everyone said that he would never share a same stage with him. Do you know why he did that? I had to look look it up. Why? Because you why? can't see. You just It's like kind of a close-up on him when he says it. It's because Dean Martin had like strolled onto the stage and was helping himself to an extra Oscar. Oh, that was, that was Dean Martin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dean Martin like popped over and just like just like snagged one. I saw, in the, when I was watching, like I was watching it and I saw somebody uh. grab an Oscar. I was like, that looks a lot like Dean Martin, but why would Dean Martin be stealing an Oscar? Apparently. Because he just had the opportunity. Um, so, and then some woman scolded him and made him put it back. But like, but like, like minutes later. Yeah. <laughs> so what happens is uh, Jerry Lewis does like kind of some light ribbing of shows on the competing network. Yep. Which is something I've never heard of. Mm-hmm. I, I, like in the clip that we watched, I kind of thought it would kill today. <laughs> He did an amusing, uh, like amazing job. He I thought he so was so great, yeah. so good. He and it's like it's like constant and very smooth. So like yeah. you can tell, you can tell someone has been like stretch it out, stretch it out. Like is making mm-hmm. like accordion gestures in like the pit in front of him, and he kind of looks at him, and then he's like he launches into some sort of kind of like a sentimental, but like not overly saccharine moment, and then he starts like ribbing the other show and kind of and I think kind of like 
poking fun of it because of course like now the Oscars which is like the show yeah. everyone's watching is like you know making making hey. a fool out of themselves because they can't they can't fill up their slot then he grabs a baton and starts conducting the orchestra to play there's no business like show business which was my favorite joke because now the orchestra is going to play there's no business like show business we're going to sing 300 verses <laughs> yes <laughs> yes and everyone starts to dance including Zsa Zsa Gabor I, yeah. yeah it's like it's in uh, Rosalind Russell is dancing with someone who might be Dick Tracy I don't yeah Dick Tracy not a real person who am I thinking of Spencer Tracy? Spencer, Spencer Tracy. Tracy. It might go. be Spencer Tracy. I'm not sure though. And then, so when they're panning over, there's like terrible, like god awful trumpet playing. That's Jerry Lewis. <gasps> was he like, really? yeah, he snagged a trumpet and started to play it like very poorly. So he was like going all in. Um, what we watch, it's about four minutes and forty seconds ish. Yeah. That is all they aired because they cut to um, like a, like a short movie or like a film of some sort. I think I read that it was a. Um, like sports recast. Mm. Oh, maybe. Okay, so they cut to something short to fill up the last yeah. fifteen minutes, and and that was it. But um, it goes down as you know, it's historic. It's one of the only times it's run short. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I thought it. This is the one that I think brought me the most, like, just pure pleasure to watch, because it felt like everyone was like being a consummate professional and was not taking themselves very seriously. Yes. It felt very like inside baseball and sort of like a weird office party. Where everyone's like, well, we gotta, we gotta, just gotta make it happen. So here we go. Like the way everyone's like shuffling out. No one's taking it too. No one seems yeah. really upset. Nobody's like running out of there. No, no one's running out of there. No one is like preening or making it all about themselves. I also enjoy that in the clip that you had up, it was, um, they, they were just like, well, we need to stretch this out. And so they just started reading who all the winners were. Oh, yeah, yeah. The voiceover is just like, well, to oh, recap yeah. the entire Oscars, Oscars that we just saw. I read off everything. Um, so what do we have for categories? Well, so the thing that really struck me about this was that, you know, given, obviously, you know, historically this is a time when you do see sort of a more... Um, relaxing of the ridiculous restrictions of the studio system because you know like the 50s 40s 50s you just probably wouldn't see anything like this yeah just everybody's so... everybody's like taking a pill to, yeah, like, to wake up amphetamines yep. their minder perfection their their, prof- their professional drug nanny has come in <laughs> exactly has put the, the pill under their tongue that wakes them up and has wheeled them into the auditorium <laughs> yeah but like you just don't see that level of like spontaneity or weirdness in in with this caliber of of star of the time uh, so that reminded me of, of course, the uh, book Hollywood Babylon by uh, Kenneth Anger. Who, what else? Yeah, of course. Well, it's a book. It's a book that <laughs> sort of purported to under- uncover the sort of uh, dark, the seedy underbelly, the seedy underbelly yeah. of Golden Age Hollywood. And so I came with the category uh, Hollywood Babel on, like babbling on, because yeah, it's, it shows sort of a it shows the cracks beneath it. And Jerry Lewis babbles on for twenty minutes miraculously. So okay. Hollywood yep. Babel on. Okay. I just called it a good bit of harmless fun. Yeah. Fair. It's just fun. There is nothing bad about it. Yeah. It's just just fun. Yeah. So I took the stance that I think it seemed pretty effortless and fun and like not. I was not embarrassed for anybody no. there, which I cannot say for most of these oh my moments. God. Yeah. Even the ones that are kind of silly. I'm still like, I'm like, yeah. I was trying to have like a secondhand embarrassment Category, category, but it was I had too... to scrap it because yep. it was all of them. It was all of them. <laughs> so I was thinking about it and I was like, I mean, he really is like, he has a great immense grace under pressure. But actually, he's just a consummate professional. Yeah. So I called it this a, uh, maybe it's Maybelline. 
if he cannot do this, oh, who could? Who could? Oh, yeah. who could? He's like he has trained his whole life for this. And in fact, isn't it shocking that we have moments where stars aren't good at being interviewed or aren't good at like just kind of being like, I'm just going to have some like pleasant chat with you for a second. That's a really great point. Yeah. Like, right? I like, love that point. Yeah. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Did not even occur to me. Yep. And it is so low stakes. Like, actually, the Oscars, yeah. like, I mean, like, isn't it silly now that we, like, lock up the statues and, like, the, the <laughs> yeah. envelope is, like, being carried around by, like, some little mousy gentleman with, like, in a... In well, a... now we know why. <laughs> what happens? <laughs> well, apparently that guy's not very good at handing out envelopes anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, why are, why do we... We should just have them on stage. Like, yeah. why can't Jeff Bridges just stroll past and, like, snag an Oscar and then, like, be <laughs> sitting with it and, like, make it pretend to eat some popcorn or some peanuts he has in his pocket? Oh yeah. Like, he should be able to do that. It's just... It's just a workplace award show. Yeah. 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 I kind of feel like... I feel like my category is strong, but yours is more appropriate. And I love yours, Kelly, but I think we're going to have better use well, for better it later, use too. For it. Yes. So, I think Mary gets I that I think one. Mary gets yeah. it. Yeah. Thank you. Because excellent. Mary brought up an excellent point. Yeah. An excellent True. point. Excellent. Beautiful criticism of Jerry Lewis. Doing <laughs> Jerry the best Lewis that he can really at the no. thing he should be good at. Jerry Lewis is a consummate professional, <laughs> yeah. but like... And a the, consummate sexist. Like, Let's not really, it just It really it just highlights how ridiculous everybody else on this list is yeah. for not having it together. Although, yeah. this next moment, I think the, uh, Oof, the star yeah. did a, a beautiful job. This was... This was... Uh, spoiler, my favorite of all these moments oh. in an earnest way. Well, allow me to ruin it for you in oh, a few no. minutes. It's 1974... And it's the Oscars again. What? Uh, David Niven is the uh, presenter this time. And he's getting called out on stage to introduce Elizabeth Taylor, who's going to give him an award. And he's going through, he's having kind of like a, a quiet, serious moment. Yes. Where he's talking. And actually, I found this quite a little bit moving, given yeah. our current situation. <laughs> actually, I found all the political moments from the Oscars a little yeah. bit strange and echoey. Hmm. But this one was super echoey, where basically he was like, the whole world's having a nervous breakdown, and all we can hope for as entertainers is to provide people with like a little bit of a something yeah. from the yeah. madness of the world, which I thought was like also incredibly down to earth, considering most directors are like, and we are saving America yes. with our truths, our hard truths we're dropping about how hard it is to be an actor. So David Niven is introducing Elizabeth Taylor and he's delivering this, this small, and so he's kind of wrapped up his moment. He says, you know, um, now we're going to call it somebody who has, you know, entertained and delighted audiences for, and in the background, a nude man kind of power walks across the stage. Not running. <laughs> oh, no, just it's a, just a just very a, a, firm just a stride. General, yeah, a, like, str- a strong stride. Yeah. Like, he's got a little pep in his step. Like, he's, like, late for a meeting, but doesn't want to be sweaty when he gets there, yes. kind of thing. Which is why he took all his clothes off, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, what does David Devin say? Does anyone have the exact quote? Um, I, I have can, a... Mm, I, I, I can paraphrase it, it from yeah. memory, but... Would you? Yeah, he basically said, uh, isn't it sad that the biggest laugh that man is ever going to get is about his shortcomings? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the audience... So the audience Loses is, their mind. Yes. Yeah, the audience oh. is like in, a, in like a good mood. So they've like listened and like applauded appreciatively for David Nevin when he's getting serious. And then they know it's Elizabeth Taylor. So they're kind of like... There's like some like bouncy, happy yeah. energy, which I thought was really nice, actually. Because um, you rarely the see that. Is amazing too. Yeah. Oh God! It looks yeah. like oh, it was so good. It looks like it's like the beginning of the Lion King on Broadway. Everything's yeah. like goldenrod and beautiful. Yeah. And then this streaker comes out, and everyone's kind of like, Whoa! but it's not like it's just like kind of energy. Like everyone's like bumping into each other, like oh yeah. my goodness. 
this? What are we going to do? And then David Evan lays that sick burn and everyone explodes into just like joyous laughter. Yes. yes. Just so happy. But then he immediately like brings the room back down. Yeah. It's like not really solid, but like very it. professional yeah. again. And then he's like introduces Elizabeth Taylor, who is so famous and amazing that just by being on a stage, like half the crowd gives her a standing ovation. Yep. Yep. You know, because it's Elizabeth Taylor. Yep. And then uh, she she says something oh my God. too. She says She says, Well, that's a tough fact to follow. That's right. <laughs> what a fant- what a fantastic response from Elizabeth Goddamn Taylor. Like, the, the only most thing famous funnier the is if she came if she came out and she had like dropped like part of her oh, sleeve and she's like, Oh, I thought that was the dress code and like whooped it back. Up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, like a nice moment, right? Yeah, beautiful. Like, honestly, perfect comedy moment. Yeah, okay. That's great. Well. But it's about to get a lot darker, I suspect. So the person who is the streaker is named uh, Robert Opiel. And he was a famous, uh, openly gay activist in the LA hippie scene. Mm-hmm. And his favorite thing to do was to show up naked to Los Angeles City Council meetings to protest the fact that they didn't have any nude beaches. <laughs> So he was huge in the gay liberation uh, movement, especially in kind of the artistic circles of L.A. And uh, but he never was like kind of found like a full home there. So he eventually moved to San Francisco and he was established as one of um, a prominent artist in the Feiwei Studios, which is a very famous um, art studio and was one of the first openly uh, gay art galleries ever in America. And he only did that for about a year before someone, a, a, a collection of goons, broke in, tied everybody up. There were like four people there at the time, working. Tied everybody up and shot him in the head. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So he was murdered. It's terrible. But he gave us some joy. But he did give us some joy. Yeah, he gave us one perfect comic moment, which... Well, he didn't give us one comic yeah. he could. He, he was the he impetus it. for... Yeah. So, uh, interestingly enough, uh, David Niven himself, legendarily, called a friend of his who was a journalist of some sort to his deathbed and was basically like, I had sex with JFK. (laughs) Mic drop. And then died. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. If I die. Allegedly. When I die, those are going to be my last words. Yeah, I know, right? I'm like, you should, you should always make up like really wacky stuff about yourself. So I do think it's kind of funny, and I, but you know, David Niven noted like he served in the army. He was very against, or the the armed services anyway, and he was very against uh, war, and like his experience there kind of shaped his life. So I I think he was kind of, at least for the time, a woke stiff upper lip bay. So I'm sure if he had known that this guy was a gay rights activist, he might not have made fun of his penis. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe he would have. Yeah. But, uh... Probably. But maybe. Uh, So I went on the kind of, like, accidental uh, gay hate crime (laughs) kind of (laughs) on this this one. So I called it an ally oops. Oh. Oh. That's a a pretty good one. Yeah. How about you guys? Uh, I called it hashtag me too. <laughs> Nobody wanted to see your dick, sir. Sir? Oh. Sir? <laughs> sir? Sir. Man, I uh, I know we don't really do this as much anymore, but I actually gave this a best for the first time in a long time because it really... It, it tickled through. you? It tickled yeah. me. as a really great, perfect moment. So, But I'll concede... Oh, man, both of you guys have really good choices there. Um, you should give it to Mary. 
I think yeah, I think Mary gets seven because I think it's more. I don't think he's being. Uh, there oh, are yeah. there are so many people who are sexually aggressive yes. on this list. This guy, this guy is not. Yeah. This guy is not part of the problem. Yes. Yeah. Although he was nude a lot in in uh, L. A. and I presume San Francisco. Yeah. All right. It's moving on. This is one of the Oscar moments that I thought I knew a lot about. Oh my god! Um, right. But then realized I didn't know Jack. This this blew my mind. I mean, I'll let you, yeah. <laughs> you say what it is. It's uh, 1985, and it's Sally Field's Oscar speech. That famous Oscar speech the where famous she says, one. you like me, you really, really like me, but she doesn't, she doesn't say but that. But she doesn't say that. <laughs> oh my God. It's a full-on Berenstein, Berenstain, Bear situation. Like, yeah. It's such an iconic yeah. line that is repeated so often in so many pop culture things, but it's completely garbage. It's completely it's not, not true. true. Well, it's not yeah. completely. She does say you like me, but that's the that's it. Yeah. Like, that's the quote. So I actually have it. Do you want me to read what she says? Please. Yes. The first time I didn't feel it, but this time I feel it. And I can't deny the fact that you like me. Right now, you like me. Thank you. Is it, but she says it in such a prissy pants way. Well, yeah, that's the other thing about well, this, too. Well, what, what you're not getting is that I do not have a rhinestone bow tied around my neck. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't I don't look like I'm a cartoon cat. A fancy cartoon yeah. cat. So that that doesn't help. It diminishes the power of your your delivery. I will say another like confusing misremembered aspect of this is I feel terrible phrasing it like this. I recall this being a very charming moment. Like she's very. Well, she, I guess she's it's like, eye of the beholder. Oh, you like yeah. me? You really like me? Like it is as like you know sort of a, uh, the implication that she's sort of coming at it as sort of an upstart being appreciated uh, at the highest level in her yeah. career or in her, uh, her professional and creative. Uh, space but she's just like you like me you like me and it's very also, spastic and also very the intense entire, and uncomfortable the entire idea of her speech this is what actually threw me because like i remember that too and i've always kind of like felt i mean i, I guess i had never sought it out but when people would make fun of it i'd be like i mean it's kind of crummy like this is like a, a super emotional experience she doesn't know has no like idea what it's going to feel like when it happens and yeah, like you say goofy stuff sometimes. I'm like, who cares? You do like, her. like I totally yeah. had like a feminist. I'm like, if it was a man, no one would do this. Then I watched it. Oh yeah. yeah. Then I watched it, and I was like, her whole speech is like the central tenet, the thing that holds it all together, and it's even in this quote, like the quotes that I read. The last two lines still remind you that this is the second time she's won an Oscar. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like her whole deal is. I this is the second this time is my second Oscar. And boy does it feel good. Yeah, I didn't to win think you liked me the first time I won. I yeah. will say in her defense that I read somewhere but don't remember where and did not choose to fact check it that it's some <laughs> sort of like paraphrase of a quote she said in Norma Ray, which was what she got her first oh, Oscar. Oh, what she got her first Oscar mm. from. I I don't know if that's true. It's st- I mean, even if it did go over everybody's head, it's still kind of like a you like me. Yay. It's very yeah. tough. Yay. It's very tough to talk about this because everything sounds really hateful. Yep. Because everything she says is true. There's yep. nothing. There's they, nothing. They do like her. They do like her. It is her second. Like, there's nothing wrong yeah. with it. It's yeah. just the delivery of it. And it, it would sound so much more natural coming from a younger person. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it, it sounds like something that. A Meryl child would say. Yeah, Meryl, Meryl Streep's not saying that. No. <laughs> Meryl Streep does not does not act. And I think the real problem is because she it implies that she's acting exclusively for acceptance. Yes. Mm. And that doesn't wear as well when you're winning your second Oscar. Yeah. yeah. 
I will say, if you did not see uh, Jessica Lange's face. Oh, my God. Ooh, it was good. What did you guys have for categories? Um, I focused in... So, like, on the one hand, it's sort of sad. Like, definitely the really, really like me is... Makes it sound much worse than it really is. But it also captures the spirit of how yeah. it was. Well, but I think it's always been used sort of uh, patronizingly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I would agree. And that is how I felt when I watched it. Like, I was like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. man. So um, I focused in on sort of like never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Even though we misquote it, the way we quote it is actually more appropriate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I called it uh, a rose by any other name. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I I went real basic with all my categories. I, I just called this a moment best not remembered. <laughs> <laughs> it's just better if it just went away yeah. for everyone. Yeah. I actually fair. super, super agree with yeah. that. Yeah. Like, it'd be okay. It'd be fine. Because I don't think Sally Field's a bad actress. No, no. she's a great actress. I mean, in a lot yeah. of ways. She's won an Oscar, Mary. Two of them. Two, two Oscars, I at think least. She has three. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> This shows you how not Im- Jerry Lewis. This shows how not important the Oscars are. <laughs> oh man! What about I, you, Andrew? I'm I, uh, I um, I, my category is leaned in because she doesn't need to be told to lean in. She's doing it. She leaned in. Leaned it. in. Leaned in. Past yeah. tense. Yeah. I like it. It's happening. Thank you. I I think Kelly's got this. I one, think though. Kelly's got this one. Thanks, guys. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. You like me. <laughs> you really, really like you know, me. No, Kelly. We we like my your category. category. Um, don't make this about you. We like your category. We love you. <laughs> oh, thanks. I don't like you. I love you. Aww. Oh, good. Oh, I like your category. Guys, are you are even you half ready? ready for what we're about to talk about? It is 1989, the year of my birth. The, the year of our Lord and Kelly's birth. <laughs> <laughs> and Alan Carr from his one hit Grease and my personal favorite, Can't Stop the Music. Yeah. Ugh. Wonderful. Is is in charge of producing the Oscar opening number. And boy, did he. Um, you have to watch this. If yeah. you do anything, if you, like, I would rather you stop listening to this podcast and go watch this than finish it. <laughs> Frankly, <Yeah>. it's <laughs> worth it. This is a cultural moment that needs to be treasured and held on to in our hearts and, and minds. And not only that, I want Rob Lowe to never be able to forget about it. If you see Rob Lowe in the streets, <laughs> I want you to scream at him, 1989 Oscars. You to scream, sing at him, as we'll talk about in yeah. a second. So Alan Carr, this fantastic man, is charged with planning a big, splashy, over-the-top musical number to introduce and usher in the Oscars right before we enter the dark flannel ages of the 90s. <laughs> Little and, bit they know. <laughs> and uh, what did he do, Andrew? Well, let me tell you what he did. It was... Something special. <laughs> it was something. <laughs> allow, me, allow, me to, allow me to paint a picture for, for you guys in the audience at home. Imagine, if you will, you were in the lobby of the Shrine Auditorium, 1989. Uh, a, a, a middle-aged man, gray-haired, I believe. A man who looks just like Alan Carr. Conveniently enough, because he is indeed Alan Carr. <laughs> a man, the fr- the a first man. person we see at the 1989 Oscars, <laughs> Alan a- Carr. That takes some real cross. This is a man who would not, I mean, like, this is a man who would not look out of place scanning the the um, water-beating slacks at a J.C. Penn. <laughs> He's not! <laughs> Which, conveniently, He's... after this, is what he did with his life. Yeah. He has no presence, no flair. 
But he's opening. He's what we you first know, lay has, our eyes on. He has no presence, but you know who does have a lot of presence and flair? Real life, non-animated Snow White. Because she pops up right there out of nowhere. Asking for directions to the Oscars, which, as I'm sure you suspect, she is currently at. Yeah. She's currently at, and oh, it's yeah. framed by an oh, open yeah. doorway. She can literally yeah. see the Oscars. We can happening. see the stage she's going to stand on. Well, she asks in like the creepiest like mini mouse, which is like, ooh, where are the Oscars, yeah. Alan Carr? And you know, like, like some uh, people have like a high-pitched voice yeah, naturally, yeah. and so it sounds okay. This is like so affected. Yeah. Can you, do you want to do your impression of it? Oh, man, I don't even know. But she's like, well, Alan Carr. It's like, yeah. well, that's it's, really good. It's but, really good. Oh it's really affected. Like yeah. it's not. And not like I you, am so happy to yeah. be here. Yeah, and she had a really weird enunciation. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of like shock and awe. There's of, it's a wobbly voice. Oh yeah. my god, this woman. So anyway, so Snow White um, <laughs> asks for directions from Alan Carr, and then luckily gets uh, gets help in the form of some uh, in <laughs> form of a mixed metaphor. Um, <laughs> So a bunch of uh, dancers dressed in cardboard star outfits sort of sherpa her down the aisle to the stage that she had such a hard time finding, mm-hmm. uh, during which she tries her best to make eye contact with literally anybody <laughs> she can. But the whole ordeal is so awkward that no one can even no, look her in the face. She tries, I think you pointed this out, like, she tries to like, not grab people's hands, but like pet their hands. Yeah, she was kind of like... Oh petting their hands like they put their hands out and like, she like Ooh. it makes yeah. that noise too it's really creepy it's um no one was no one wants it no one everyone's <laughs> feeling bad about it but yeah she, she keeps trying to like make eye contact she doesn't until she gets in front of the camera which she stares into so deeply <laughs> and so intensely you're looking right into this woman's soul as it dies as she realized that her career is basically over and i believe it actually was <laughs> tragically she didn't have this. a career before this and she certainly didn't oh, have God. one after this yeah this is the saddest big break failure of all time anyway so um she goes on stage starts performing we get a nice brief shot of tom hanks's dumbfounded face it's so tom hanks's expression is america's expression he is in this the every human he is america's dad even though he was young enough to be america's son <laughs> <laughs> so they decide they're going to celebrate a different era, a past golden era of Hollywood uh, in its heyday, let's say. So we get up to the stage. We find out that apparently this Snow White, the Snow White is portrayed by this woman who is supposedly, um, I guess, a living being in the 40s. The whole, the narrative it's here really is, hard. is complex, yeah. let's say. So um, the number begins and I think uh, like 17 different sit pieces peel back slowly to reveal a sort of Copacabana-esque club. Yep. And uh, it was Merv Griffin comes out, announces himself. <laughs> God like, bless. Hey, it's hey, me, Merv, it's Merv Griffin. Starts singing a song that sounds like it's going to be the song Brazil, uh, notably from the film Brazil, which is, I would argue... Like vaguely appropriate. Yeah, it's not. It's actually yeah. that song. Uh, I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. Uh, yeah. Do you think they couldn't? Like they were like, was it in the pub dom at this point? I don't. I mean, like, I think they could have afforded it. This famous for I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. Oh well, that oh, makes well. even more sense in the world. Yeah, it's a. But it's a hard it's song. A, it's a tough song to dance to. So Merv Griffin starts singing this song. Uh, Snow White just keeps trying to pop up in the background yeah. and uh, dance all the while. The just cringing of everyone in the whole world just intensifies. And everyone stands up from these tables, which will become important later, oh and starts to kind of like shimmy around while like 
Snow White is like inserting herself. Yeah, she's yeah. you know someone's dancing. Snow White pops with some rock. Is like, hey, it's me. This is appropriate. Snow White, Copacabana. I love <laughs> yeah. dance. I love the rhythm. I love the beat. I'm Snow White. Make this all makes shake. sense. Yeah. Sing me your song about coconuts, old Merv Griffin. And there were physical embodiments of coconuts. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> and coconut cocktails and too. Coconut um, so then a litany of golden age stars. He like, called a, he called a woman a big one, a small oh, one. Oh <laughs> man. <laughs> He pointed at a woman and said, big ones. Oh, oh God. Oh, that's brutal. That's so brutal. Mark Sorry, Griffin. man. Was, so, yeah. So, like, uh, it's like a litany of Golden Age stars happen to be at these tables, but they are all, they have limited mobility, let's say, at this point in their lives. It's a geriatric It's bunch. a very... There's nothing wrong with that. No, but they, they are not uh, moving to the rhythm. They are being assisted by younger people who are helping them shuffle to the rhythm uh, and the whole thing feels frankly quite sad you're like some oh. of them were getting up and going some yeah. of them were okay yeah yeah but for the most part it's just sort of like vincent price stands up really slowly and waves at the audience yeah. and sits back down and breathes a deep sigh of relief that he never has to do this again <laughs> to be fair vincent price looks far more natural whipping around in a large leather chair in a laboratory. it's setting. true it's true so yeah. i mean he's out of his element that, entirely. that's a bad example a better example is of course uh when when roy, roy rogers, rogers roy rogers pops up and somehow snow white manages to look dorkier than roy rogers <laughs> in 1989 <laughs> it's brutal she's just shimmying and shaking roy and rogers was a real person i thought it was just a just cocktail a... right well i thought i, it was I thought Coca dick tracy was Grace. a real person so <laughs> i don't think my my opinion on this matters at all oh, man. <laughs> Well, yeah, right, so so this is really where it turns. This is where the magic happens because we've we've, been, we've been introduced to these. Is this what uh, we're calling magic? I mean, I don't know what <laughs> else to it's, call. It's certainly it's certainly when I officially raised my hands from partially covering my eyes to covering the top of my dome, <laughs> like where I was like, I'm going to see all of this. But be incredulous. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Kelly, it is magic. It's just a dark magic. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. Darkest magic there is, baby. So it, it turns out Snow White isn't just here to talk to old friends no. of hers from the Harass past. Harass geriatric strategy, legends. Who she hung out with in the 40s. She's, Not really. She's here on a She's date. single and ready to She's mingle. She's single and ready to mingle. Somebody's decided to hook this princess up with her dream blind date, Rob Lowe. Rob goddamn low, you guys. Rob goddamn low, who I believe Mary told me this, was doing this to uh, soften his image after a sex tape came after out? His, after his famous sex tape hit, so, uh, hit the stands. So he's like, just set me up with, uh, yeah, you got you got Snow White, set me up with her. Yeah. Do you think you can find that on the uh, interwebs? Oh, Rob Lowe's sex tape? 100%. Probably. I've never, I'm so confident about that. I've never. <laughs> I'm more confident about that one than I thought Dick Tracy was a human being. <laughs> I'm so confident. Oh, man. <laughs> Guys, if you find it, share it. Do not share it. Do not, Do okay. not share coming, it. Just, just, just let, let just us know let that you know did. Is, yeah, know. just give us a review. Okay. Don't send us a secondhand dick tape. <laughs> dick pic. Are you insane? Dick vid. A dick please. vid. <laughs> A vlog. <laughs> it's a sex vlog. So, uh, blind date Rob Lowe. Loafs out. Loafs, loafs out. That's such a great word for what he does. <laughs> yeah, he just like loafs out casually. Says his first line, which is, I'm a big fan of you, Snow. Inadvertently making one of the best cocaine jokes <laughs> in the history of network television. <laughs> True right. words have never been spoken oh on that Oscar stage. <laughs> Why do you think I'm here? And then they begin. To... I was told there was going to be snow. Are oh. you a woman made of cocaine? 
They begin, they launch into a parody of Proud Mary that is so bad it made Ooh, me want man. to die. Um, so I think the, the first line coming out of Snow White's mouth is, Used to work a lot for Walt Disney. That's pretty good. Starring in cartoons every night and day. This is, of course, a patent lie because she was in one movie yeah. and is not a real person. So she didn't do anything. In fact, uh, she was the product of uh, Walt Disney staff of decidedly non-Jewish animators. <laughs> <laughs> Working hard to bring drawn, her to life. Drawn by pure goy hands. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, Walt Disney was anti-Semite. It's great. Uh, it's not. It's terrible. Anyway, so, um, so Rob Lowe, who, let's stress this as much as we can, cannot sing. Sure can't. Air quote, sings the line... Then you say goodbye to grumpy and sleepy. So, and then the two performers keep singing the song, and eventually they land on this hook. Keep the cameras rolling. Keep the cameras rolling. Keep the cameras rolling. Yeah. To the detriment of everyone involved, they do. Uh, It looks like it's over. Guys, this is a full-on Return of the King fake ending Upon fake ending, it is not over. The stage just keeps peeling back. Yeah, yeah. the stage just, and the yeah. stage is like the size of fourteen football fields. It's yeah. so. Dead. Alan Carr did not go cheap. Oh <laughs> no! 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 Um, a woman wearing a hat that is supposed to be a tropical cocktail comes out and sings quite well, which is all I have to say Thank about that. Thank goodness. She was one of the coconuts. Oh, there we go. Yeah. She's yeah. the big one. Well, she she's the big one. I think she, amongst all the people doing such a terrible job and trying so hard to do it. Did quite well. Did so well. good for her. Thank you. I was relieved. When she came out, I was like, finally, someone to ground this. Yeah. <laughs> it felt like it was going to go in a direction that might have made sense. Here's something that I don't know the answer to, and maybe you do. No, oh, ask away. So when she comes out and is wearing a cocktail on her head, the you notice that the backup dancers, the male backup dancers are all tables and chairs. Mm-hmm. Were they just crouched while oh my god while the golden age stars were sitting at them? Were those people know. the whole time? I don't know, but Holy I'm gonna go shit. back and watch it again just to see. I have sounds... to know. Like I, I didn't. Ugh. Yeah. So once more, it looks like it's wrapping up, but of you course think? it is not. Nope. Uh, our heroes find themselves outside uh, Grauman's Chinese Theater and perform a number that ever so delicately plays with the prospect of becoming racist. Like, it's really <laughs> close yeah. to it. Like, yeah. there's a, there's a, you hear a gong, you're like, oh no, oh no, oh no. And then they kind of pull back. And you're like, well, at least there's some, some minor, minor respite from this insanity. I also feel a little bit like Snow is like going to launch into um, kind of a, a quite offensive Asian accent. Oh, yeah. But then I think actually what was just happening is her voice was physically breaking yeah it, it's <laughs> i don't think she was attempting to that she doesn't hold on to it it just happened it yeah. had to happen she needed a break then and if you can picture grauman's chinese theater there's that really ornate piece above the entrance and the walls uh to either side of that peel away revealing uh, it, they do not peel away. oh yeah sorry rob lowe and snow white peel them away <laughs> oh god yes <laughs> they go and they wheel them back which is fascinating because then you see snow white immediately but instead of being a uh sort of nightmarishly charming young woman uh she's some sort of nightmarish uh creature with the grauman's chinese theater entrance decoration as a hat yeah and a dress that's so she looks like a some sort of monster insect laying eggs it's i think it's supposed to be like you know and that kind of the period of hollywood where everything was like synchronized swimming Yes. Like those sorts <laughs> yeah. of things where they would do those things where they would make it look like a woman was wearing a dress, but it was like the Empire uh, State yeah, Building. Like yeah, it's like yeah. huge. Architectural so it's like, fashion. So it's like I architectural suppose. fashion and it's also really like 
over the top. Like she's standing and she's wearing a dress that makes it look like she's like 11 feet tall. And then her hair is just kind of this like giant black void yes. that, that encompasses the top. It's really weird. I suspect if you were actually in the theater and saw it, you would be like, oh, that's a visual reference that's that I interesting. know. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, the cameraman gets an very so close. <laughs> which, which, thank God, because here's another weird thing about it. It's not the same Snow White. There's a two Snow Whites in this performance, and the facial expression on the second one is just horrified. <laughs> the whole, the whole, the whole number feels simultaneously like clearly it was rehearsed, but everyone involved seems so shocked at every turn and so embarrassed to be there that they, it's just like this. And uh, factoring in Rob Lowe's insane singing yeah uh, it feels very off the cuff yeah, like, so i think if you like ask anyone they're like yeah it's snow white and, and uh, rob uh, lowe going on a date to the copacabana what's to and, know? and then she's yeah. wearing the chinese theater as a hat but like when the dirt's in the skirt actually nobody knows what they're doing yeah like at all <laughs> at all do not know oh man all right, so this is this is where so I think somebody realized Alan Carr and his preparations realized that this image of Snow White is a little bit creepy and Snow White is horrified. <laughs> They're like, we can only have this on television and keep it. It's a family show. Also, we are like twelve minutes into this thing at this point. <laughs> it's so this is still long. the introduction to the Oscars. So they they bring out two set pieces to hide Snow White number two in her uh, creepy outfit, and then it's a cheap set of stairs. It's cheap, yeah, yeah. they stairs. So then. In a shocking turn, Lily Tomlin comes out in a very sensible black number uh, and basically apologizes to the audience for what she they She pops out of that copal on top of that yeah, woman's head. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And walks down the stairs. And she's just like, wow, I... Uh, she's like clearly uh, like dumbfounded at the at the spectacle, which she must have seen in in rehearsals. Yes. But uh, comes down and then and then okay again. I know this is a repeating comment here, but you think it's over? Oh God, no! The weirdest <laughs> of all parts of it is about to happen. So Lily Tomlin comes down the stairs, and um, keen eyes will notice there's one loose black shoe on the Somebody stairs. Lost a shoe? And no, and it's not clear. Like I, I thought it must. I been, actually, like, I actually rewound it. Oh yeah. When they wheel, because it doesn't make any sense, because nobody actually goes down those stairs. Except Lily Tomlin. Well, except Lily Tomlin. And the only people who go up those stairs are ushers, who are all men and wearing wingtips. Yes. So what happens is they put, they they wheel those cheap staircases out. They look so cheap because they have a big seam down the middle. Mm -hmm. They wheel them out. They like loosely hook them together, I guess. Somehow. (laughs) Snow White (laughs) 2, Snow White number 2, apparently backs off and is like, Christ, I need a smoke. (laughs) And now that she's completely covered up by these staircases, probably does. And then the ushers run up the stairs and someone from behind an unseen hand gently tosses the shoe out. So the shoe is on the stairs before Lily Tomlin comes down. Which is fascinating because, again, thematically it doesn't make any sense. But anyway, so there's the shoe on the stage. Lily Tomlin doesn't seem to notice because she's too busy apologizing and being confused as to what is going on in the world. So before she gets to really launch into her actual the her actual introduction to the Oscars, um, I, I guess uh, a lone man usher usher type, uh, per, a man uh, creeps down the stairs on all fours like Reagan from The Exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> it's so creepy, it's really... and like Lily Tomlin is oblivious to it because like she... she's standing in front of it. She's, yeah. 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 And so this man like spookily crawls down in a very slithers, in, slithers, slithers. down, <laughs> grabs the shoe. I kid you not, hucks it into the audience. 
Lily Tomlin catches it out of the corner of her eye, tries to catch it, which makes me think it wasn't rehearsed, or, like, she's just so, like... But it had to be, because why would you throw the shoe out? And, like, she throws the shoe out, and she misses it, because it was hucked pretty wide. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and then she, she turns back to face the camera goggled and and wraps this whole ordeal up and punctuates it perfectly with the line I hope you really enjoy the shoe I mean show <laughs> just, cut to black <laughs> just, I don't know about you guys wow. but I want to watch it again Ooh, I know I can watch it this forever so and ever it's good. so good it is so good <laughs> Anyway. This is an amazing item. This is. Well, I did a little bit more research, guys. Yeah. Please. Which is that I read the comments on the YouTube video. Don't do it. <laughs> oh, um, God. Ke- Kelly, we thank you for your service. Yes. But what happened was that I read the comment one and somebody mentioned, like, I'm here because of a Hollywood reporter, a Hollywood roundtable. And I was like, interesting. So... I went and found that Hollywood Roundtable and heard Rob Lowe's side of the story. Oh. He thought that he was killing it. No. Nope. He thought he was doing really, really well. <laughs> no, no. And then he saw uh, Barry Levenstein in the theater and, like, saw him all of a sudden make this gesture. <laughs> like, it's, uh, like, hands Kelly's, raised, Kelly hands is making, Kelly is making a horrified, yeah. confused face with arms raised towards heaven. The, and then, the body language version of what? Yes. <laughs> And then saw him turn to somebody next to him and say, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Which is exactly what you want to see happen when you're on a stage. And then the the end of the story, which is really what, like, I want, I kind of want to like Rablo. Mostly because I like West Wing. Hmm. Um, Sure. Who doesn't? But basically he goes into the green room and backstage and nobody's there yet because it's the beginning of the show. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, a red-headed woman said to him, Oh, young man. This is how he does the voice. Uh, I heard, I didn't know you could sing like that. And that woman Poorly was... is what she yeah. meant. <laughs> and that woman was Lucille Ball. Oh. And so they sit, sat together and watched some of the Oscars together. And she said, Oh, young man, you know, I have a splitting headache. Can you go get me some aspirin? And this is how she's doing her voice. And so he went and got Lucille Ball, what I thought was aspirin. That's how he puts it. And two days later, Lucille Ball died. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. She is... He made that joke about Lucille Ball. That is so not on the level. He also kind of killed her. It's so not (laughs) on the level. Because, like, okay, like, I... My mind will not allow me to believe that Rob Lowe killed Lucille Ball. (laughs) I'm not, like, I'm not accepting that. My brain is just, like, doing so much noping right now. Yeah, can't even. He didn't give her an amphetamine or something like (laughs) that on accident. Right, exactly. She was a star in the 50s. It would have just made her slightly less sleepy. You're right. She would have just, like, been like, oh, I'm all tucked up for a bit. It's like when I drink a glass of sleepy time tea. (laughs) (laughs) So... I, I'm like refusing to believe that, but I does I do kind of like that Rob Lowe is now like he's like well you know Heath Ledger's death really did a lot for Mary Kate Olsen's career, so I'm gonna cast myself in that role. You know I was the last person to see Lucille Ball alive. Oops, maybe. Do <laughs> sure you want to do that? Yeah. None of this makes any sense. This is the fever dream of a madman. Yeah. If not for the lives that this performance ruined, I'd say it was a work of genius. <laughs> like insane. I deeply appreciate yeah. your investigative journalism, Kelly, and uh, your My recapping. reactive journalism. And your reactive journalism. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, so this even, I mean, like, honestly, this seems so beside the point <laughs> at this point. But uh, what do we got category? <laughs> no, no, you got category. Oh, man. Uh, let's see. 
I had it as uh, 2006 was 12 years ago. It's a mind fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I like it. I like it. Yep. Um, I said, it's not a car wreck. It's a star wreck. <laughs> That's right. a good one. That's Simple. pretty good. Yeah. Um, I have this Frankenstein of a bunch of portmanteaus. <laughs> I said, it's a Chernobyl gas bags. That's Chernobyl, but noble is spelled N-O-B-L-E. Okay. <laughs> gas bags. Noble gases. Yeah. But they're gas bags. Oh, wow. And wow. Chernobyl, Chernobyl. Like a, like a huge disaster. <laughs> wow. Like, <laughs> like a nuclear meltdown that kind of irradiated all of Europe. And you I'm know? using this to describe Alan Carr and uh, Rob Luck in this Man. case. I mean, I feel like we kind of have to give it to you. Thank you you yes. worked the hardest. That's for sure. I worked yeah. pretty hard. I well, worked Kelly and I were busy as describing as things. Yeah. <laughs> doing, I worked pretty hard. I worked not for Walt Disney. And you, know, and you didn't even panic and let your voice go up two octaves. Yeah. So that's Chernobyl gas bags. Chernobyl gas. Tr- Chernobyl gas bags. Chernobyl wow. gas bags. Can't wait to see how you wrote that. Next up, we have 1994, and the moment we're talking about is Tom Hanks' acceptance speech, where he outed ra- a man. A man, a man named Rowley Farnsworth. There's no such thing as a man named Rowley Farnsworth. What <laughs> the sounds, hell? That's... He does sound like someone who'd like live next to um, Fred Flintstone. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't sound like a real person. Or Bilbo Baggins. Or Bilbo yeah. Baggins. Tom Hanks's high school drum teacher was a caveman hobbit. So the back- Rowley Farnsworth. So the backstory on this, Tom Hanks was giving his tearful speech for uh, his role in Philadelphia um, that he won an Oscar for in 1994. And he mentioned um, his high school drama coach, Raleigh. I hope I can call him Raleigh. Friend of the show. Friend, Raleigh. Friend. Um, and <laughs> friend his former and a former uh, classmate and called them two of the finest gay Americans, two of the most wonderful men that I've had the good fortune to be associated with. The only issue was Rawls was not out of the closet. Nice. Mm. And was still working at that school. And it was quite a flap. He's okay with it now to this day. But um, he did inspire the movie In and Out, which is a great movie. Which is a great movie. I've, that's been on my list of things to see for the last twelve years. I'm not oh, even kidding you. I good. hear it's fantastic. Well, yeah. we should watch it. Mostly from you two, I think. Actually, <laughs> from us yeah. right so now. So I yeah. obviously <laughs> called this an an ally oops. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's. I mean, like he was trying to do him a real solid, but nope, nope. I had a, a less specific but similar approach. Um, so. This is, you know, it, this is an this is a particularly awkward moment at the Academy Awards. It's like called an Academy awkward. Awkward. <laughs> yeah. Awkward. Uh, the Academy awkward's. awkward. Yeah. Uh, I called it a moment best not remembered. Mm. Fair. Although it's like it's definitely like um, this is the modern equivalent of like, and if you skate on Farmer Giles Pond, you will fall through <laughs> and you will drown. Know what's up. Don't assume women are pregnant and don't <laughs> out people you're not a million percent sure are out of the closet. That you yeah. didn't already talk to. Yeah. Yes. Run everything by anyone that yeah. you're going to make potentially risky admissions Especially about. Especially yes. in the 90s. Also, you know what? No glove, no love. These are, these, are, these, are, these are things that everyone should keep in mind. <laughs> I thought that was also, a Philadelphia uh, reference. Oh. It could be. <laughs> it could be. No fresh needles. No sir needles. <laughs> two two birds in the hand taste better than a cheesesteak. <laughs> uh, if you go to Philadelphia and it's nighttime, just take a cab. Don't try to walk. <laughs> and if you see some fellas that are up to no good, 
You're in Philadelphia. <laughs> hey. <coughs> That's just the local scene. Next week, our tour takes us to Philadelphia. Yeah. Can't wait to see you guys. Yeah. Love you, Philadelphia. Love you. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I think this is probably one for Mary. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you. That's a true category. Oh, really right. All right. Coming off that moment. 1999. I like how Elvis. Party like it is. Um, and the category is, and, and this is this is definitely, um, this doesn't make it onto any lists. I, I got many of these items by, from listicles about the Oscars, uh, leading up to the Oscars. Um, but this is just something that I am appalled by, and I think all of America should be. America Beauty, American Beauty wins everything. Yeah. I've never seen American Beauty. <sighs> Neither has Andrew. Yeah. Movie night. No. Yeah. We'll watch. A private movie night. We'll, we'll read the Wikipedia I will take page myself, together. I will take myself to a good movie. <laughs> No, this is not just me, you know. I think especially in the wake of Kevin Spacey being an old bad raper. We can feel pretty uncomfortable about him being in a movie where he... I forgot he was even in this. He is is the American beauty. (laughs) Or is is the American beauty the the 15-year-old girl he wants to have sex with? Yeah, I think we can feel pretty uncomfortable with him eyeing his daughter's best friend who's 15 years old, quitting his job... And generally being a, a giant asshole. Yeah. So this movie not only won Best Cinematography, Best Original Screenplay, it also won things which I think that these, I don't think ever this should be a sweep. Best Director, Best Actor, and Best Picture. Ooh. Don't you think that all the production staff was really tired about getting up on that stage at the yes. end of it like they're just like oh we Christ. should just stay here oh. yeah. I bet it was said and then they're oh like best actress and they're like oh wait the only people that are in this movie that are women are sex objects or shrews so <laughs> none of them are gonna win yeah god Gross. damn it god damn it yeah I <laughs> yeah I mean this is I think this has been cited as an example of as like one of the problems with the Oscars actually in the past so I know I know yeah like this is um the fact that, like, again, this movie, like, it's 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 clearly appealing to a very specific demographic that is middle-aged men who are middle class and have problems that aren't problems. And who are maybe members of the Academy. Oh, almost certainly, yeah. Um, <laughs> God. But yeah, like, the fact that this movie, I mean, like, again, I I know this is a critically acclaimed movie, um, but is it really critically acclaimed because it speaks to a narrative that is appealing to... People Harvey like Weinstein? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Specific, like almost specifically Harvey Weinstein. Like this is such a creepy thing. Um You shouldn't you shouldn't watch American Beauty. What you should do is you should go and listen to the cracked podcast about movies from ten years ago. Yeah, that was that's that a fantastic problematic. podcast. That's great. One of my favorite episodes of a podcast. Um, maybe we can even cross link it. I don't know. Yeah, we'll can we do that? Can. Well, I don't know. They yeah. probably don't care. We can do it. <laughs> yeah. Um I call this a blight side of history. Mm. Yeah. I called it a silent film because it's something that was used in the past, very much accepted. But now we've <laughs> something moved on. in the past that much. would win an Oscar. Yeah. Also, um, I do want to point you to the artist, though. Uh, fair. Nah. <laughs> uh, I called it just a moment best not remembered again. Mm-hmm. I- I'm okay with that as yeah, well. Yeah, that kind of sums yeah. it up very perfectly. I think it's just. Yeah. Ugh. I like it. Mo- be- moment, moment best. best not forgotten. Remembered. Yes, remembered. Best not forgotten. <laughs> That's like that's some uh, that's some old anxiety language right yeah. there. Wait, shh, are we forgetting or no? In or out? <laughs> Gold or silver? What? Yeah. <laughs> what does Lang mean? Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I hope you know how we just got done talking about an old bad raper. Yeah. Keep hey that guys. in mind. Uh, two thousand and three. Mm. 
And this is Adrian Brody accepting his Oscar for The Pianist. (laughs) (laughs) And he chose to do that by forcibly kissing Halle Berry, who who announced the award for him. This is one of the Oscars that I remember seeing. Man, times have changed. I definitely remember watching this with my mother. How'd your mom feel about it? Do you remember? I think my mother was basically like, that's classless. Yeah. yeah. She thought it was gross. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's a very observant person because it is gross. But I definitely remember <laughs> like the feeling of it. And when I watched it again, Oof. first of all, the only good clip I could find of it that shows like the whole thing and then has a little like his acceptance speech on top of it. It's not just like a, a like a gif worthy thing. It's a woman talking about it being her favorite Oscar moment uh, is like the lead up to that. And I seem to remember when it happened, people were like, <laughs> about it. I think yeah. like people thought it was funny. What a dog. <laughs> well, and I, what I was stunned by watching it was how I could immediately see how people like laughed about it because Halle Berry played it off. Like, it was an uncomfortable moment for her, so she, yeah. like, laughed and, like, pretended to fan herself. Maybe it's Maybelline. I know, yeah. right? So, so she also, totally does. But you can see, it's not, like, it's not, she's not scared. No. But yeah. you can see her being, like, why are you doing this to yes. Like, why are you putting me in this position? Yeah. Also, she's yeah. mad. Let's keep in mind, she's also, at this point, as we now know, has probably experienced years of sexual harassment at the hands of men in Hollywood. Yeah. And she's used to being, having to deal with these situations, which is god awful like, you know Jesus. who did know it was wrong i didn't remember this at all yeah. kalista flockhart is oh, sitting yeah. in the front row wearing a peach dress oh and when when so he got, gets up smooches over and everyone's rising to their feet to clap so she's already standing up mm-hmm. and she goes from like clapping kind of like politely like one would do at the opera yes. like she's never she's never like wow she's not slapping her knees or anything like yes. that. but she goes from that to doing a clap like this Oh my god! I would actually, I would. And she kind of like tilts her head to the side, and she's like, you can tell she's like trying to make like sideways eye contact with Harrison Ford. Like, she's married to Harrison Ford, the one man who could have probably pulled that off and not looked like a total Um, creepy asshole. No, that is not what he would do. Harrison Ford would stand there and wait for women to climb like a tree. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, true, 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 true. Also, did you sidebar? Did you know that Harrison Ford recently rescued a woman from a burning car? Oh my god! He was driving. A woman like went off the road. Um, in front of him, he pulled over, and when the woman like kind of like like the woman like you know smashed her head into her yeah. steering wheel like terrible, and her car was lightly on fire, and <laughs> just lightly on fire, and she wakes up to see Harrison Ford like pulling open his do- her door <laughs> with the same fist that deliver meaty punches to Nazis' faces <laughs> and like help her from the ruins. If that happened to me, I'd be like, I'm dead. This is heaven. <laughs> I'm not. Like, this is great. I this can't go. I can't this is it. Yeah. How amazing would that be? Oh my god! And yes. you could totally be a mess because you just got in a car accident. He couldn't think you were weird. <laughs> but I would have been like, I would have been like, how many, how many, how many? I love you and have since I was eight. <laughs> yeah. Did oh anyone? God. Did anyone stay for his speech? No. Oh, I, oh. I stayed for his speech. Oh yeah, we did. Mostly, my note <clears throat> just reminds um, of he like talks and like goes on. First of all, he says. After he kisses her, the first thing he says is, I bet you didn't know that came in the gift bag. Ugh. Oh. Which I kind of remember. I, I totally had a Sally Field thing on this. I thought what he said was, I knew I'd only have one shot at that. Yeah. That's what I remember. He might have said that in like a post interview. I remember something like that. Yes. But I thought he said that right after it, which is 
Still really gross, but it's way like, less gross than suggesting that that comes in his gift bag. That, like, oh, now he's won an yeah. Oscar. I thought that the kiss he gave to Halle Berry was in her gift bag. No, oh. I read that as if her kiss is in his gift bag. Oh, that's so much worse. I, they're both bad. <laughs> yeah, they're both no, bad. There's no positive read on that. They're yeah. both bad. So, gross. Yeah. and then there's, like, a part. So he's delivering a speech and is trying to be very, because, you know, the penis is a very political movie. He's trying to be very political as well. <laughs> I did hear you say the penis is a very political movie, so I'm <laughs> sorry. I just had to have a little giggle. Uh. Serious penis. And, um... <laughs> There's like, they're trying to like play him off because he's kind of babbling. And he goes, hey, hey, let me talk. Yeah. Tough. Tough stuff. Mm. And like, I agree with him politically with what he's saying, but he's just such a jerk. Yeah. The whole thing to me, what's amazing about this whole experience is that like, clearly what he's going for at the beginning is like, cool, suave, old Hollywood, women are objects, I'm going to kiss you because <laughs> I'm cool like that. And then proceeds to give the least cool, least collected speech yeah. anyone's ever given in the history of the world and punctuates it by uh, thanking Roman Polanski, which I mean, oh, yeah. when contextually Roman Polanski, appropriate. Roman Polanski was involved with the pianist. I'm so glad you wrote that. was yeah. involved with that film. But uh, yeah, but, like yeah. the whole thing is like when you watch it now, it's like um, it's like a joke. Yeah. Like, it's like something that you would see. It's in... on SNL. Yeah, it's a Saturday Night Live skit. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's like... an SNL from like 40 years from now. Yeah. And they're like looking back at how backward and stupid Thanks, they Roman Polanski. And they're also uh, all I can't lizard believe... people. Ugh, gross. Yeah. Gross. I took the, if I can may, go ahead and jump to my category. Yeah. I took the attack that clearly, again, he's trying to be cool, suave old Hollywood, but just really messing it up. So I went back to Hollywood Babylon. Because it's the cracks showing through old Hollywood concepts. The dirty they underbelly. That they are filthy and uh, sexually yes. harassment-centric. And then he gives a terrible speech where he babbles on and tells the orchestra to shut up. Yep. Which is rough. Which is rude. That poor orchestra. They were doing a service. They were frankly. doing a service. All they do. <clears throat> I mean, to be fair, their job is to be dicks. But. Yeah. They're you just know. doing their job. They're just doing their job. They're like repo men. They're mm. like, I'm sorry, but this is a job. This yeah. is my job. This is a job. Hashtag me too. That's my category. Is your category? Mm. I like it. You do it. the hand motion every time. Yeah. Which you taught me. I taught you the hashtag? Like, the, like the, this the, is what the kids the do, The double right? peace sign. I learned I'm pretty it from sure, you. I'm pretty sure 0% kids do it, but I do it. <laughs> I hear this is what the kids do. The kids do nowadays. Um, so I kind of went, I wanted to capture, I feel like, the spirit at the time, how people kind of reacted to this. But I also want to take the piss out of that a little bit. So I called it... Boys, trilby boys. <laughs> I did. Oh, man. Oh, Mary. Man. Mary, you are killing it. I was going to really stump for my category in this one, but Mary's, I think I have to give it to you. Mary is sweeping the this is, episode. This yeah. is this is the uh, this was the category I loved the most. Yeah. Boys, I was, trilby Because I was like, I want to make a fedora pun, but you did the amazing, the amazing oh one. Fedora the Explorer. Fedora yes. the Explorer. And I was like, I'm never, I'm never going to be able, and I don't think I beat it, but I think it's like with it. Yes. That was in, in, the, in the pantheon of categorical oracle Fedora puns. Those two are <laughs> Those both two. the only well, and supreme. the best. Well, all the other, all yeah. the others sink to the bottom of the sea. That'll well, be an episode in the future. <laughs> one fez after the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, One chef's toke over the line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this um, is not a hat pun <laughs> this is not a, this will not become a hat pun podcast <laughs> 2011 and this this uh, item is simply entitled james franco hosts yeah or perhaps miraculously anne hathaway does all of the work <laughs> yeah. 
as yet, per usual. Yeah, and yet yeah. he gets all of the press about it. Yeah. Or does he? I found it, I thought it was going to be like, this actually surprised me putting together this list, period. I thought it was going to be super easy to find like a super cut, a super cut of like all terrible things about the Oscars that year. Yeah. Kind of hard to find. Yeah, it was. It's hard to find. I dug around a lot for James Franco stuff, but like, I think it's just kind of like sunk to the bottom of the ocean. So we watched, at least the, the item that I linked was uh, the introduction. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. James Franco is like, just like on his phone, like he's like a shitty teenager at Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. Like, put down your phone. What's wrong with you? And sort of, I think the joke of it, and I don't really understand this culturally at that time, even though it wasn't that long ago, is sort of like, they're young. Yes. Well, that's why the, they made that joke that they're there to bring in a younger demographic. These two 31-year-old people yeah. are going to bring in the teens. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I really liked the part where James Franco... So they have like this kind of joke where Anne Hathaway, the most put-upon woman in Hollywood's yeah. mother, stands up and still tells her she's inadequate. Yes. <laughs> she's not standing up straight. Yeah. And um, James, Fra- James Franco... Have you noticed that like dirtbag men always have like their grandmas at this thing? Yes. Huh. Is it because their mothers are so disappointed in them? No. <laughs> That's a great question. And a grandma's love knows no bounds. Maybe. Can never get too dirty from the dirt bags. <sighs> dust, mm. Busting that dust. Um, <laughs> but the grandma stands up. So a, so my note says, a visibly high James Franco calls upon his grandma, who is also high, <laughs> who name checks Marky Mark. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That was embarrassing. Um, and then I, I th- one of them mimed Marky Mark taking off his shirt. I'm pretty sure that was Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Probably. Did it involve work? It was her. Yeah. <laughs> Did it involve anything except standing there? Oh, man. Just like everything about it reminded me of like being a freshman in college. Well, and it makes her look like teacher's pet. It totally For does. doing an yeah. adequate <clears throat> job at like for the job it. she's supposed to do. Yeah. So he's just standing like a stone statue out there. Well, he, and it's so terrible. Does her, I mean, well, it literally tap dances around him. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> So I called this a Chernobyl gas bag. Yep. Mm. I uh, focused on Anne Hathaway's frankly valiant efforts and went with leaned in because damn she did. Yep. And, and I'd also like to say she looks fucking phenomenal. She does. Yeah. She also, looks really good. Also, I like focusing in on, on her in yeah. this case. Yeah. So yeah. I, I commend you on that, Andrew. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Anne Hathaway. For your service. Yeah. Is that your category? No, uh, lean in. Thank you, oh, Anne Hathaway. Thank you, Anne Hathaway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I was just like, what's going on here? That's a weird category. Just, uh, it's a one-off. It's, <laughs> Actually, the rest of mine are just thinking in Hathaway. I, it sounds crazy, it, but, it but I'm going to make it work. It's going to work. Okay. Don't worry. It's one of those jokes that gets funnier the more you hear it. Yeah. Just keep thinking in Hathaway. It gets funny because no one has done it before. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It's like when Anne Hathaway was like, I would like to win an Oscar. And everyone was like, boo, how dare you? <laughs> My poor woman. I know. Yeah. Um, I called this one... Who do I have to fire around here? Mm. Who brought this up? They should be fired. But then again, I'm like, what What could they really do? What like, could they do? It's too late. But I mean, to be fair. You must have known. Yeah, there, he wasn't there at rehearsals being all upbeat and ready to go. Can you <laughs> yeah. imagine if that was the case? Oh, yeah. Oh, my, oh God. my God. That's like every uh, Halloween ever where like the mom spends forever on the Halloween costume. And then the kid is like, on the day I was like, I don't want to wear it. <laughs> and like hides under the kitchen table the entire night. And you're just like. Are you kidding me? Can you at least put on the spider costume? You demanded this <laughs> so hard. 
I I stuffed nylon stockings with batting. (laughs) Enough to fill 40 pillows. And now you don't want to be a spider? You kidding me? (laughs) That is famously one of the costumes my mom made for me. I, I did love, but... It's like she still brings it up every once in a while. Did you choke? Did you did you choke on the on Halloween night, or did you go? Oh, I went, but I never really went anywhere for Halloween. Oh, so who who won that one? Sorry, um, I kind of like yours, Andrew, for this. Thank you. I like that we're giving Anne Hathaway a do. I think that Kelly and I nailed more of the James Franco thing. But frankly, we've talked about him enough. Congratulations, Andrew. Thank you. Good job. It's twenty twelve. Angelina Jolie's right leg. So what happened was... <laughs> Man, what a great title for something. Jolie yeah. wore a black Versace gown with a high slit on the right side. But the dress was sort of, um, I guess, like an A-line. A yes. floor-length A-line. So it's like quite a bit of fabric, actually, when you get right down to it. Yes. And she wanted to show her svelte gam. I'm sure it looked really great when she was walking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She wants to show that baby off. To be fair, yes. Yeah, like, right? like a hitchhiker in a cartoon. Which is fine. Which is fine. <laughs> yeah, hitchhiking's so, great. Do it. <laughs> but to overcome this Use big your legs skirt, to get she had to like do a plie squat to get it <laughs> out there. <laughs> and it looked ridiculous. It looked really stupid. And it, she like had to like lean her hip out. Oh, and she looked like so pleased with herself and yes. cocky the entire time. So the well, she you could tell that she felt sexy, which is a good thing. Oh, which yeah. is a great thing. <clears throat> but she also could tell that you you thought she was sexy. Yes. Which is not a cool thing. Yes. <laughs> like, she's like every every teenage girl at Rocky Horror in a bra. Like, <laughs> bra. she's like, and some fish. Right. Stockings. And like, Angelina Jolie, come on, Angelina Jolie. Obviously, you're sexy. Obviously, you know, she's a beautiful woman. Like, you don't have to do a plie squat on a red carpet. It's not a good idea. Not good. It just looked weird. And so, um, oh man, what's his name? Andrew knows his name. Oh, Jim Rash uh, from Community. Right. Okay. Yes, the and dean from community things. and many other wonderful things. Yes, um, sure. yep. He re- was part of a group that received an award. It was and for the Descendants. I remember that. Mm. There you go. I saw George Clooney. Kelly has the note. And when they all piled on the stage, I just remembered that. <laughs> it's nice. great. When they all piled on the stage, uh, Angelina Jolie had announced that they had won. Yes, and uh, he made fun of her leg. <laughs> Yeah. By doing a plie squat. By doing the same plie squat in his suit, like with the with the Oscar like perched on his hip. Yeah. Um. But really, what we're talking about is just the leg. I would say. Yeah. Man, what an image! Like it is really off-putting. It's strange. It's so strange. It, it like the body shouldn't be able to do that, but there it is. Yeah, but there it is. I also went with sort of the the body horror of it all, mm-hmm. and but also I feel like. These women are wearing dresses that no one ever wears. Yes. Like, like when I wear like a maxi skirt, I like it, but like, good lord, that gets in my way all yes. day long. Like, it's a lot of work to wear a long dress, and those are like, those are just like sh- crappy, like old navy maxi dresses. And like, not only that, they're the ones that are like tailored to, like their dresses are tailored to their exact height with yeah. their heels on, so yeah. you can't even take off your heels for like ten minutes. Oh, no, and it's like a huge dress all over your shit, and you're all sucked in, and you're probably wearing like crazy pants underwear, and like it's, can't pee. You can, yeah, it's like it's got to be miserable. So I do feel like it's mostly the fault of the dress. I don't think it's really her fault. So I called it a couture Cronenberg. Oh, I had a similar approach. May I, may I read my category? Yeah. Give me a category. What? <clears throat> and um, the winner is. You're not going to worry, Beatty, this, are you? 
David Cronenberg. <laughs> There's some synergy. I can't. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Hey. Uh, this is actually really good because I went. I focused on the moment that we saw, so I just called it a bit harmless fun. It is a bit of harmless fun. There's nothing... That's actually really... Like, well, we'll get to it in the end of this. But I I do really appreciate that the things that the women do... The most egregious woman on this list is probably Sally Field. Yeah. Fair. I think. I mean, like, shooting from the hip. I think that that's true. There's (laughs) not... (laughs) Because Sally Field has sexy hips. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly... Famous hips! (laughs) Um, Childbirth. No. All right. Well, I feel like we can't deny this, the synergy yeah, the, of the Cronenberg. I agree completely. Um, so I, I, had, f- I had a prop, though. So. I feel like we should give was you credit <laughs> for your prop. For your prop. I feel like we should Guys, give you, like, it's dual credit. But yeah. I like the fact that I call out her dress. I also don't think we should really give that much credit to prop comedy. It's the lowest form of comedy. Because you quite literally just put something in an envelope. I was here. Yeah, I opened it up. <laughs> like 10 minutes ago. Does that even say David Cronenberg? <laughs> I think, Mary, you can have this one. All right. It's 2013. This... It's actually 2018. Sorry. Oh. To let you know. I'm not sure you were of that. It's 2013. <laughs> and this one is simply entitled Seth MacFarlane Hosts. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I remember seeing this one. I did we. Parts I of, feel like we didn't watch the whole thing. I think what happens thing. is with every Oscars, you start watching it and then it's boring for like four hours and then. And then you're like, you're like are, they, are they at the best picture yet? Uh, no, okay, go back to, you know, whatever you're watching. The Oscars is usually something that I bribe myself to eat, to watch by eating food that is, like, unhealthy for me. Like, yeah. I'll be, like, gonna make a... I'm gonna make dips. Buttload of nachos and watch the Oscars. But then I get, like, tired and sleepy because I ate a bunch of greasy food and have to take a little <laughs> nip-nap in between. Also, again, the Oscars are kind of boring for the most part. They really they are. Sorry. They are. You know what they need? More Alan Carr. This is yeah. another thing where I thought I'd be able to find easily a super cut. Oh of, God, like, right all now. the terrible things he did at this Oscars, because he did a lot of terrible things. Yeah. And doesn't exist, as far it's as I can tell. Instead, you made me do homework and read a New Yorker article. I'm very <laughs> sorry about that. Mm. I found a BuzzFeed listicle that I read instead. I also, so I, I also pulled from that. So we, we can we can do both. We yeah. can link to both. But I got a, a somewhat, a stab at completeness, I'll say, of all the terrible things he did at this Oscars. Do you want to list those off for us? Yeah, I will. <laughs> Number one, he opened the Oscars by singing about seeing his esteemed colleague's boobs. Yep. Which is the most famous terrible thing he did. You can find a million clips of that. Yep. He also joked about how Chris Brown and Rihanna um, would consider Django Unchained a date movie because it's full of violence against women. Wow. (laughs) He joked about women in Hollywood having eating disorders and then made a fat joke uh, about Adele. He said Zero Dark Thirty was evidence that a, a woman's innate ability, ability never to let anything go. He joked about uh, Jack Nicholson's house being um, ground zero for a post-Oscar sex party and called back to the time Rowan Polanski was, uh, allegedly raped a woman at Jack Nicholson's house during an orgy. Um, said it was fine that no one could understand Penelope Cruz or Selma Hayek because all we want to do is look at them. And called Jennifer Aniston and Meryl Streep exotic dancers. Yeah. Wow. So you have been given the chance to host kind of a stodgy, little bit of a stupid event. I get it. You're going to want to do your own thing a little bit. So you just pick on women for like four hours? 
Who Jennifer would, Aniston needs go needs to go right to the Academy's HR office and be like, dude. And you know what they probably would be like? They'd probably be like, go cry into your yeah. Brad Pitt-shaped body pillow. Because we're so crappy yeah. to women. We're yeah. so crappy to women that I don't even think that I Saw Your Boobs is that horrible. Because at least it kind of jokes about how we treat women in film. Yeah. Sort of, if you like press it. But everything else that follows is completely unacceptable. The other argument I saw for that was that, well, that didn't actually happen. That was like part of Captain Kirk, like... Because basically William Shatner as Captain Kirk was like, these are all the terrible things you could do, but you're not going to do them. But, but you did but do did. it. Yeah. That's just, uh, that's just uh, you bullshit. Did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I forgot about that little twist. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. I, it really hurts my heart that he's like actually quite a good singer and he could just sing. He could just be singing like Moon River. Yeah. And that could be his life. And he mm-hmm. could make a very nice living from that. He could be Michael Buble. <laughs> I wouldn't like him. Yep. But I... I wouldn't be offensive. Anyway. All right. What do we have for categories? I did uh, Boys Trilby Boys again. Oh, man. That's such a good category. That's such a good category. Um, I went with silent film again. Because, again, things that would have been... It felt very uh, acceptable at a time. But now or not. You know what Jerry Lewis didn't do? He did not pick on women when yeah. he had to fill 20 minutes. Which is funny because he is a notorious misogynist. So if anyone was going to do it, you'd think it'd be him. That's nope. <laughs> I wish I had called my who do I have to fire around here category, which is what I named this, uh, Oscars HR office. So that's what I'm changing it to. It's the Oscars HR office. I think that gets it. I think that gets it. Uh, All right. Boom. All right. This is also, we're staying in 2013. And this is the moment where Jennifer Lawrence, when she was going up to accept her um, Academy Award for Silver Lines Playbook, uh, fell on the steps into our hearts oh yeah she was already there <laughs> and somebody ran some male actor ran up to try and help her who was it it's hugh jackman oh, god damn it hugh jackman charming devil he's probably terrible but i don't know he he's seems so cr- like a nice he's guy. so crinkly around the eyes you guys don't think he's terrible i, I don't I have a hunch that he's probably actually I hope, guy. I hope. you know he, you know why because he's a song and dance man at heart that's yeah. true all he wants to do is be in musicals but they're like no go put on the claws that's yeah. true <laughs> That's true. I mean, I, I don't want him to be horrible. Yes. Yeah. But he's one of those people who seems so affable. I'm like, oh, he's probably a nightmare. But so I rewatched this. I watched this. Uh, it's faster than I remember it being. Yeah. Like, I kind of remember the fall being way more dramatic, but nah. it's not. She just kind of like, it's almost like she kind of just like, boops, down on the stairs. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's not even really a fall. I will say yeah. she also told like a kind of cute story about it, which is that when she was walking up, all she was thinking was cakewalk, cakewalk, cakewalk. <laughs> and as soon as she fell down, she Why realized she... that it was what she was actually thinking or was supposed to be thinking is what the designer told her, which is you're supposed to kick cake while walk. you walk. <laughs> oh. So you didn't trip on the dress. <laughs> Once oh, again... Man. Once again, this is like, no one wears clothes like this. Like, it's insane. Like, she's, she literally, and she looks, you know, she's literally wearing a Cinderella dress because when, like, that scene in Cinderella, when she's on the steps and she falls. Yeah. After losing her shoe. And everything just drapes beautifully. That's what this looks like. Yeah. Like, there's, uh, there's probably some, like, listicle product put together by, like, totally, total sorority move or something else terrible. Um, (laughs) that has those next to each other and it looks exactly, like, you're like, you're, um, so... 
I think this is commonly cited as a really embarrassing moment, but I don't think it is embarrassing. No. Uh, she fell like Cinderella. Mm-hmm. She fell gracefully. She didn't scrape up her hands. Um, she gets back up. She goes up. She jokes about it in like actually kind of a cool way where she, yeah. she like immediately after that, she goes and gives her speech and she starts, everyone stands up in support of her. Yes. And she says, ah, oh, you guys are all just standing up because I just fell. It's super embarrassing. <laughs> like, it's like a very, like you, when I watched it, I remembered why we were all so charmed by her. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then she just delivers her speech. Like she doesn't dwell on it. She just goes into it. Um, the only issue I see is that if you fall and Hugh Jackman rushes to your aid, you stay down. <laughs> you, you wait for him to come and scoop you into his arms. Oh, help me. <laughs> Bradley Cooper runs up. And you're like, get out. Yeah, you're like, get away from me. Mark yeah. Mark runs up. Stop it. It's- you're like, restraining order. <laughs> Yeah. You killed an Asian man and somehow everyone's okay with it. Yep. Almost, I'm not okay with it. Almost killed. Yes. <laughs> Borderline murdered an Asian man. He's just blind in one For eye. For racism, though. So oh, that's, you God. Know. Yeah. So uh, I call it as a maybe it's Maybelline. Because yeah. I do think, like, maybe it was a little retcon. But I think that we now kind of know that Jennifer Lawrence has sort of, like, made herself into, like, the most relatable person of all time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So much so that I remember after she fell, people were like, she meant. <laughs> I was like, which I don't believe. No. But like, of course. Like, she's just won an amazing award. She's like, you know, two and a half years old <laughs> at this point. She's so young. <laughs> yep. And uh she goes up there and she she picks herself back up and she gives yeah. a speech, which is commendable, but like she's a performer. She's an well, actress. Yeah. Well, so she, she can do she, this. She thing. didn't look like she was even prepared to be nominated. I mean when she when the camera came out, she was like, oh, which is fair, because I mean Silver Linings Playbook is a terrible movie. So like, <laughs> I'd be surprised too if I got a nomination. Her performance for that. Is, is pretty good though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like she was up against other really good movies. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I went with Academy Awkwards. Um because it's you know, it's an awkward moment, but charmingly so. Yeah. Not great, but yeah. Yeah. 2014? And this is just called A Deal. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, man. Sorry, I gotta take another run at this. <laughs> you don't want to mess this one up. Adil Dazim. <laughs> what happened was John Travolta was in charge of introducing Adina Menzel's. It's close. I mean, they're right back. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't tell Who was name. gonna sing Let It Go. Um, from and he Frozen. also did, like, wickedly talented. Oh, yeah. Wickedly. Oh. He goes, wickedly, wickedly talented. talented. Um, but he did not understand the joke. No. Um, <laughs> I thought it was. <laughs> they probably were like, emphasize wickedly. Really, really nail that. And yeah. he was like, oh, like it's like spooky. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I like this. Wicked. Yeah. Because basically he just lives in a rubber Halloween mask store the entire time and does not yeah. venture outside of his uh, home. A, like, sort of a boy in the bubble made boy- of... Halloween masks. Elderly man. In the bubble now. And also Scientology. Yeah, he was actually. We're making fun of him because he, we we think he pronounced his name wrong. But actually, guys, he was just referring to one of the Thetans that's inside Adina Menzel. Uh, we didn't named. really get to it. So he's trying to uh, introduce um, Adina Menzel's, and instead he said Adele Dazims. <laughs> and so so confident. Yeah, and he said it really confidently. Adele Dazim. <laughs> He knew halfway through Dazim that it was not right. He was like, Dazim is not <laughs> halfway through the last name. He realized that maybe I'm not at like the second E. He was like, Ooh. <laughs> like uh... <laughs> he was like, I'm gonna get a Satan so bad from this. <laughs> <laughs> I have an name, you. <laughs> Days. 
me and David. <laughs> Allegedly. They'll <laughs> <laughs> just tie him to a chair and deprive him of food and water for three weeks. He's not going to hit him. Allegedly. He's not a, allegedly. How will Scientology recover from the scandal? <laughs> oh, oh, wait, guys. Oh, we got sued again. Oh. oh. Um, so, of course, I repurposed one of my categories a little bit and said, called this a rose by any other name. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh i went with academy awkwards again yeah, mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm, appropriate mm-hmm. uh i had 2006 was 12 years ago uh it's just a mind fuck <laughs> like what is going on in his head <laughs> he's just like all of a sudden like oh shit i'm on stage shit oh wow i better say somebody's name no one name. told me how to pronounce this woman's name i also like that he clearly thinks that adele was about to come out oh, yeah and he was i i almost wonder you can sort of see the wheels turning he's like Adele's last name is Dazeem? Weird. Yeah. Adele is spelled with an I? <laughs> or Jehovah. Like... In, the, in the Greek alphabet, Jehovah starts with an I. <laughs> 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 um, I kind of want to stump for my category. That seems fair. Yes, yeah. Because he did totally get her name wrong. And she did still sing Let It Go. And Hose had a really good uh, attitude about the and whole thing. And then next yeah. year, he touched her face a lot. And it was really weird. But more importantly, she touched his face. <laughs> Who do you think it felt like? Rubber. <laughs> I know. I, I don't I don't think it felt like anything. I know it felt like rubber. <laughs> when she touched his face, her fingers left an impression that faded oh. out very slowly. <laughs> like when you're making bread and you push your thumb in to see if it's risen. And then it, you know lingers oh it's that his face is made out of whatever gumby is it can be almost any shape Uh, gum (laughs) wouldn't that be great if gumby was made out of chewing gum i kind of thought that that was true when i was a kid (laughs) yeah like my mind just like was like oh yeah i mean made out of gum a moved without a clot a plus moving on with my life yeah (laughs) nailed it done 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 perfect a equals b gum b equals a equals gum all right yep so skipping over 2015, where apparently nothing memorable happened. Yeah. I believe it. Um, 2016, Charlotte Rampling's reaction to Oz, hashtag Oscars so white. Oscars What so was white. her reaction? I she liked, loved it? I would I love to read it. it. She thought it was really I would important. To, I would love to read it to you. So if you recall in 2016, and 2015 is when it started, right? Yeah. So in 2015, there were like no black people whatsoever nominated for anything. Yep. Certainly nothing that is considered like top tier, like no, none of the acting awards, none of the directing awards, script writing, any of that stuff. Certainly not best picture was not going to not go going. to a black person. Mm. And so this there was started to be a circulation of hashtag Oscar so white. 2016 rolls around, surely they would learn their lesson by now. They want people to watch the Oscars. No. Well, apparently they didn't care because they did it again. This is why when we're back around to that, like, the reason why American Beauty got so many (laughs) Oscars. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They did it again. And then, like, the uproar was serious because they were like, "Are, are you kidding me? We pointed out this last year and you still have done nothing to fix it. That's insane. So... Rampling, who is 69 years old at this time. <laughs> is she a pianist? <laughs> uh, is up for the Best Actress uh, Award for her role in a British drama, which I did not see, called 45 Years. Hmm. No idea. And she has a sentiment that is definitely from 45 years ago. Yep. Which is, she said this in an interview. One can never really know, but perhaps the black actors did not deserve to make the final list. So then when the interviewer suggested that perhaps the Academy uh, committee could introduce quotas or proposals that would advocate for movies made by 
uh, people of color. She said, why classify people? These days, everyone is more or less accepted. People always say him. He's less handsome. Him. He's too black. He's too white. Someone will always be saying you're too this or that. But do we have to take away from this that there should be a lot of minorities everywhere? And the interviewer fell over with shock, basically. <laughs> um, when the interviewer explained that black members of the film industry feel like a minority, <laughs> which is right. Which is true. Yep. Rampling replied, no comment. <laughs> which is dark. Oh, I feel like, God. and that was like at the end of the interview. So like you watch her say these things and then at the end they're like, well, but don't you think that like actually this is actually quite a problem and that they would feel this way she was like no i'm not going to address that do you think all. she just like realized yeah. her mistake and panicked <sighs> I, that would be my only hope yeah um like, i don't think that's what this... happened no yeah, she's like... i don't think that's what happened um i just think it's horrible i mean like this this totally lays bare you know that this also played out in the academies like because you can't yeah. you can't do this and not see it I cannot believe that this is not a conscious choice. Mm-hmm. Especially after there was like a full year of being like, hey, let's maybe look at a black person. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's just let, uh, let's, let's just let some black people in here, huh? Guys, wild thought. Let's watch a movie with black people in it. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Or we could watch American Beauty 35 more times. Yeah. yeah. What categories do we have for this? Horrible, horrible woman. <laughs> I, I went with one you'd expect me to go to, which is silent film. Yep. Yep. Like a silence her film. Uh, I said a few I said there. blight side of history. Ooh. No. Yeah. Um I said a uh, uh, moment best not remembered. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I mean I wish. I feel like I feel like this is a blight side of history because I feel like I mean like blight literally means like disease. Yeah. And I do think this is the disease that we all have to deal with. Charlotte Rampling, which is a moment nobody remembered. That's for sure. Yeah, that's true. I will stump for Mary's category. Light side of history. Mary, what's your opinion? Do you support your category? I accept. Great. I honorably accept. You like me. You really like me. You like me. <laughs> do it okay. Snow White's but You like you. me. Oh, you like me. Ooh. Anyway, that wasn't, that wasn't great. But that's okay. Anyway, 2017. In all of our minds. A little bit of silliness. Oh my god. So Nicole Kidman was prominently seated as is her wanton way because she is a mega superstar. Yep. And <laughs> during a pivotal moment where she and a lot of the audience decided to stand up and show their support, she stood up and clapped like a maniac. <laughs> as if she was the thing from the movie, the thing. Or perhaps the pale man from Pam's Labyrinth. Or just a slender man. She claps with her fingers. Her fingers out. Out. Yeah, the v. sound of bone slapping against bone there, that's what it was. So that so that only the palms of her hands pressed together. I don't know, I feel for her. Because haven't you ever had to clap for some bullshit so you're just like, I'm gonna clap like a well, stupid I think... person. <laughs> I mean, I mostly feel for them because like, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to make any statement about like how out of shape I am. But like, there are times where I've seen like a beautiful production, and I'm like clapping with all my heart, and I get tired. <laughs> and they must do that all day. Yeah. And you know, none of these people have like had a proper meal that day. They've been running around. They're wearing That's how you clothes. Fit into that dress. Right, or just like no time, and like you're not wearing clothes that are, and you're probably a little bit drunk. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, you're like a, you're not comfortable. You're not in a good way. Yeah, you're not in a good way. So I kind of feel for her. What she said was she had many expensive rings on her fingers mm. that she, were on loan. Oh. She did not own them; they were on loan from the jeweler, 
and she did not want to clink them together. Which That's I think fair. sounds a little bit crazy. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. So I obviously called this uh, a couture Cronenberg. Because <laughs> it does, it is incredibly yeah. unnatural looking. You know what I called it? And the award <laughs> goes to... David Cronenberg! <laughs> same page. Same page, you and me. Look at that. Yeah. Crazy. She is wearing rings. Yeah. yeah, she is. No, I mean, like, I had to it's, look up, it's, I, it's possible. Like, sorry, guys. It's possible. Um, I uh, call it just a bit harmless fun. Yeah. yeah, it is just silly. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. I can. I can. <laughs> Let me leave you a round of applause, Kelly. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. And then, of course, this is the most famous, terrible thing that's happened in the Oscars in recent memory. 2017, oh, doozy. Yeah. when La La Land was mistakenly called for Best Picture when actually it was Moonlight. Mm. So, let's, <laughs> so let's break it down a little bit. Oh, please. Faye Dunaway and Warren Beatty um, read out the wrong winner, um, which is like, I did not watch the Oscars either, but I did watch this happen. And I hadn't realized how politically charged it all was. So they get up there. So Faye Dunaway, Faye and Warren are up there. Definitely people of this generation. (laughs) Classics. And you can kind of tell it's a little bit like they're like. Yeah. It's supposed to be their curtain call. Yes. Yes. Or maybe even like them like kind of entering a new era where they're like, and now we are, you know, distinguished members of this, this echelon. We, we, you know, we we get wheeled out for important events and like that sort of thing. You know what I mean? Like. (laughs) Soon Rob Lowe is going to be singing to us. Especially since, like, Faye Dunaway was famous for being very difficult on set and uh, Warren Beatty was, like, walking gonorrhea. So, like, you know, they've come a long way, baby. Um, And they get up there and they really juice it up. So whoever wrote this little prologue that they deliver, I think must have known that Moonlight won. Yeah. Because it goes on and it's very political and talks about how, like... In movies, they have like a dig at fake news. They talk about how in movies, they do the same thing that we do in politics where we seek the truth. And then they talk about how the rich diversity and community in Hollywood is is so pivotal and it's to be treasured. And that's why we're naming La La Land the movie of the year. Because nothing, nothing says diversity and coolness like a movie, like a movie that made classic musicals Hip again, aka the whitest thing to ever exist. <laughs> so they announce it, and then Jordan Horowitz, who is the producer of La La Land, gets well, up. To, not to interject, but there's some diversity in La La Land. Uh, the diversity between jazz and pop music? <laughs> the diversity of oh. Ryan Gosling pretending that he gives even a single damn about jazz music. There is one black man in the movie. I'll point that out. Uh, maybe you heard of him. His name is John Legend. <laughs> Stamp diversity. Boom. Boom. Check. Boom. Diversity. Um, and he is wearing a keyboard tie and is in the background of most scenes that he's in. <laughs> so, John Legend. Yeah. So, do you think he knew what he was like signing up for? Be, I think he was. I know. I do think he knew what he was signing up for. He was like, "This is a bigger house in the Hamptons." Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he was I'll, like, "This is money." I'll play the villain in La La Land. I guess. I'll, well, I'll play like. Uh, is he the villain? Anyway, it doesn't matter. <clears throat> Jordan Horowitz gets up. He's the producer of La La Land. And he, like, really drives home this weird 
thing when he says he'd like to thank his kind, generous, talented, beautiful, blue-eyed wife, <laughs> Arian. In this in this world of coded language oh and horrible God. things we live in, like that's so. And as he's delivering so this. You can kind of see there's sort of like two rows of people. There's like the producer and the director, like yeah. kind of like, you know, the, the, the people, the, the people pulling the strings are kind of in the front row, like these three men, all white. And then in the background, there are a bunch of other white people who are, you know, like Emma Stone is yes. prominently back there, but they're like the, you know, kind of the second group of people who, whatever. And they find out first that it's a mistake because suddenly there's just all this commotion and you see Emma Stone kind of go from being like really pleased to being, like, very concerned, to being, like, oh, damn it. <laughs> like, yeah. her face just is, like, shows the perfect progression of it. Which, I mean, what a perfect person to do. Like, she's, she is particularly good at making very, like, emotive faces yeah. as it's she It's because her eyes are literally the size of tennis uh. balls. <laughs> and <laughs> so, like, there's, it's all right there. She's great. I like her a lot. Mm. Um, so then... Uh, and somebody else, like I think the director of the movie, starts to talk about like do his yeah. acceptance speech, and suddenly Jordan Horowitz horns back in and is like, "We didn't win, by the way, we didn't win." It, Moonlight, you guys won. Well, so he's not even announcing it, and then yeah. you see Jimmy Kimmel and Warren Beatty standing there, and like, if I was Jordan, I'd move out of the way and let like either the person who messed up or the person who's like kind of running the, the show, host. the MC, take over and like fix it up, right? And just like. Gracefully. No, no. He insists that he is going to announce that La La. What? He says he's going to announce that Moonlight. Has he's going to have his is damn he the moment. Bald man. Yeah. yeah. And he's like Moonlight. You guys won, which is inappropriate. Yeah. <laughs> which is just inappropriate. I was yeah. not aware that he was the director. I uh, thought the that producer. Was the producer. Yeah. I thought that he was um... like the Academy Committee member or something like yes. that. No, he's like he's someone attached to La La. He's a producer of La La Land. Ooh. Right? And so this enti- so when we were rewatching this, I was like, let Warren correct his mistake. Yeah. Like, let him in there. Like, he should do it. Or Jimmy should do it. But, like, one of them should do it. So finally... And to be fair, it's not really Warren's mistake. It's not. It's not. Like, or whatever. But, like, yeah. allow this man, who's, like, probably very embarrassed, because, you know... Yes. Um, Let him step out there and be like, I'm so sorry. Like, have a little bit of a charming moment and be like, Moonlight, come up. Like, yeah. you know, this is your moment. Like... Let's get, have a change get of all guard. This, give each other handshakes, like yeah. high fives as you go past. As you go in. Like, get all this La La Land riffraff off the stage. Bring Moonlight up here. You guys want. You know, like, have something like that. Make it real. Yeah. Right? Instead, Warren comes over and is chucks Faye under the bus and is like, well, I knew this wasn't right, but there it was. Which is also inappropriate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then it's just all of, so all of La La Land eventually like gets off the stage and then Moonlight is like foaming around behind them while Jimmy Kimmel, I believe still Jordan and Warren Beatty are standing in front of the microphone, not moving, just being like, wait a minute, a mistake. Just yeah. saying that over just and three over white dudes. and over yeah. again. And then the, the Moonlight people barely get to say anything. Yeah. Because it's out of time. So they kind of step up and they're like, we love making this movie. We're really glad you guys like it. Yeah. Good night. Good yeah. luck. Also, there's a great moment where Jimmy Kimmel just goes, Warren, what did you do? It's <laughs> hilarious. I did like that moment. But then they should have moved. No, it's, it's only funny because like uh, Jimmy Kimmel, who who I feel like we've forgotten was the co-host of The Man Show. Yeah, I did, know. Did, did that, like, he somehow escape? sidestepped that one. Yeah, somehow managed to like become, I don't know, let's not digress too much, but Jimmy Kimmel, whose greatest accomplishment is, I guess, being politically active in the last uh, well, 
six I mean, months he's had a and hosting the man show, show for a long time. Um, he talks to Warren freaking Beatty. He's like, "What are you doing, Warren?" It's like I'm yeah. ending a career. I am that has spanned <laughs> longer than your lifetime. Yeah, and produce anything better than you ever will. If by that, sorry, you mean, I made a mistake. <laughs> if by that you mean. I briefly dated Madonna the nice year. Yeah. 100% agree with you. <laughs> Meanwhile, the entire cast and production crew of Moonlight are just waiting to speak for like five minutes while Warren and Beatty and Jimmy Kimmel just I, jackass around. I will say like there, I, I did like tear up a little bit watching it because oh, yeah. they're so excited. The yeah. Moonlight people. They should like, be. And they should be. That they that they like to have that ripped away and then come back is it like. It does make, and the thing is like the when they say La La Land, the entire audience is clearly unhappy about yes. it. Yes. Like everyone, it was so obvious it was supposed to be. Yeah. Moonlight. Oh man, what it, from beginning to end and every point in between, it is the most cringeworthy. Actually, the ending is great. The ending is when Moonlight, the Moonlight came yeah. over, it's fantastic and really beautiful. But everything building up to that is just. But I was still mad because you know that they had like speeches prepared, like they were on yeah. it, and they had to cut it short because there was probably like the orchestra people are like. Yeah. It's over, man. Like yeah. So Jordan Horowitz could thank his dream baby, who's his actual child. Yeah, Jordan Horowitz got to give his whole speech. They did not get to give theirs. It's wrong. Yeah. I called this, of course, Chernobyl gas bags. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I said uh, star wreck. But yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Oscars HR. Mm, uh. <laughs> Oscars HR. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually, just, I do. I do call, like the, the idea Hindenburg. of It's just so terrible. <laughs> And just watching it go up in flames. I, they have to have protocols now. <laughs> like, yeah. what happens? They're like, don't let any, don't let any octogenarians read out. Everyone has to be under the Again, age. I say that's not his goddamn fault. He's Warren goddamn Beatty. Somebody handed him an envelope. He read what was Yeah, it. it's not like he decided who was going to be. Well, and Warren Beatty, like, recognized that something was wrong. And that's why he said, that's why I looked at Faye. And then Faye took the envelope from him and read it. Mm-hmm. So it's like not her fault. Either, I, it's yeah. not her fault either. But it's just like, what was he supposed to do in that moment when he realized that something was wrong? I mean, I guess what he could have done, but no human being would have done, is he could have like been like, one moment, please, please yeah. hold, and then like they like go back. Yes, but that would have been terrible. Yeah, yeah. that would have also been terrible. You would have had to still explain it. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Check yes. your envelopes. It's rough. Yeah, uh, I think uh, I think I might give this one to Mary. Yeah, Chernobyl does. Gases. Chernobyl. Chernobyl. Gas Chernobyl. Gas, gas bag. Well, we did it. We did it. Yay. I really enjoyed this list. This is a good yeah. one, yeah. It actually gave me wonderful perspective. I enjoyed watching all of the people be like, the world is going to hell for so long. <laughs> made me feel made it very relatable to me. Mm-hmm. It's been 40 years. <laughs> and um, it kind of the ups and downs of it all. Yeah. Like there are high highs and there are real low lows and... We just have to figure out this whole big And then there's Rob Lowe, and that's the best. And he's the lowest and that's of the low. The low, low. And the highest of the high. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, thank you as always for listening to this episode. Uh, remember to check us out at, at OutrageousMechanisms.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and or, and or Instagram. Um, review yeah. us on We'll see you there, Apple you, iTunes. Yeah, review us on uh, the, in the iTunes store. Apple give podcast, us, whatever. Give Apple us, podcast, yeah, sorry. Give Apple us the, uh, uh, the podcast equivalent of an Oscar and uh, rate, review, and subscribe. Yeah. yeah. That's an EGOT. Oh, <laughs> no, the, yeah, e- you guys give the, us the EGOT of podcasting. E- I, think it's, I think it's actually a rush. 
<laughs> the ego would be uh, five stars on iTunes or Apple Podcast, uh, Stitcher. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. And I wouldn't say no to it. Please. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Please. Bye. An outrageous, An outrageous mechanism's, mechanism's production. production.